I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold. We print it digitally. The strength of a nation's currency is based on the strength of that nation's economy. So we, you know, we as a central bank, we have the ability to create money. What does it mean for you? We also print actual currency. Yeah. But remember, our, our economy has got very strong, long-term fundamentals. That actually increases the money supply. All but perfect agreement on macroeconomics. Now, that just sounds so romantic. He could have just... This is a podcast dedicated to exploring the money that rules the world and the guns that back it. This is Guns and Money. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to an impromptu episode, episode, episode of Guns and Money. Um, it is January 6th, so this is Wednesday night, 2021, and um, if I've talked to you on Facebook or Twitter, you already know why I am, I'm doing this show. We obviously had a pretty big event today that I think will really help us understand some of the dynamics behind the scenes that are at play with 2020 with with the election and with what is likely to unfold as as this year um, as we get further into 2021 and as some things develop on an economic front what that's going to do politically i think things will continue to develop on a social front that will have pretty big impacts on on our politics um and obviously we had a, a the, the Georgia election, the, the runoff elections concluded today. So there's a few things to cover um, that I think is really important. And, and I'm also going to, I'm a little jacked right now just because of the day. So I'll try to try to reel it in. But I want to share a couple of kind of like unknown things about me. Some, some things that I want you to hear and understand um, that will hopefully illuminate my positions and insights on some of the things happening in our world. So um, let's get right into it. I don't have a deck. I don't have show notes or anything. We're, we're flying off, off the hip, and I think I have everything I need to, to kind of round out the day's events. So let's talk about them. Um, the first thing is I know that at least one Democrat won one of the elections in Georgia. So what that does is it creates a, a, a an effective democratic slim but a democratic uh, ownership of the senate basically if it's a tiebreaker that that tie is broken by the vice president which will be kamala harris i think for a short period of time i think kamala harris will be our president within a year i very much do but for the time being and even after she uh, assumes the presidency we're going to have uh, a Democrat-controlled Congress and a Democrat-controlled executive. So I think that has implications for fiscal spending. I think that has implications for uh, direct payments to individuals who need them. And and I don't, we're not going to get into all that tonight, but we did have, you know, some um, some additional smoke was cleared from from the battle space, if you will, to show us that there will be, I think, enough political will in DC to to really radically change what we think we know about fiscal dynamics. 
and what that means for the economy. Uh, the big stuff. Okay, everyone wants to talk about the raid on the Capitol. The revolutionary uh, attempt to overthrow something. or What happened at the Capitol today was pretty remarkable. But I will tell you, it, it might be remarkable for reasons that you're not necessarily <laughs> entertaining. Or maybe not even prepared to think about yet. And that's that's okay. Um, if if you need some time to to digest the day's events, you'll see this the day after. I'll, I'll put it up tomorrow. But if you need if you need a minute, take it. But if you are ready now, or if you are ready at some point in the coming days or weeks to consider a wider view, I would recommend you come back to this. So, what are the secrets? What are the things I want to share that I, I haven't? I don't think I've ever really told a lot of people, or maybe even anyone. Um, the first thing is that I have never voted in an election ever, any type, local, state, or, or national. I just never did. And it wasn't because I, I grew up, you know, like as some kind of an anarchist um, or, or a revolutionary or anything like that. I just always felt like there was something else going on within the game of politics and even at the local level. Uh, but I always felt like there was something else going on that I didn't know about. And I was like, well, I, I just don't want to play your game. You know, it was like, like I had a poor understanding of the game of basketball and just decided to play hockey instead. Right. I just, it wasn't something that I wanted to get all raw, raw and fired up about. Now, it isn't to say I haven't had political positions. You know, I definitely have. I, I, I grew up with a more conservative um, background, not GOP conservative, but like lower, lower C conservative, you know, somewhat socially conservative. But and that came from religion and kind of growing up in the church. But that that's changed. I mean, all that's I have re. I have reimagined or, or I guess put a lot more serious thought. Stink bug just flew at me. Uh, I put a lot more serious thought into what that stuff means and what, what truth there is to some of those positions that came from, you know, maybe my parents' positions on things or the churches or whatever. So I've, I've reframed a lot of that. Um, and I've explored ideas on the left too, for anyone that's known me for more than, you know, a year in 2016, I was, I was leaning towards being a Bernie Sanders supporter. And I, and that came from understanding that there was something wrong with the economic frameworks, um, and I don't want to say capitalist, but I guess capitalism at scale, when scale is the most important thing and you have the help of the state. I mean, yeah, then that that's not true capitalism to me, but that's that's a, a very powerful regime that does damaging things to its members, especially the middle income and lower income level. It also does damaging things to our environment and to the earth that we should be much better stewards of, that I think we can be good stewards of the earth and also live in a framework that allows us to put our labor to use and to market it freely um, without, you know, pillaging and, and, and being destructive to somebody else. But that's really neither here nor there. I wanted to share that I've never voted. I am a political Martian. I don't have a team. I have, I don't really even have ideals. I have a set of principles that I think, um, will do a pretty good job guiding my decisions. And I don't always live up to those principles. I am no perfect individual, but I, I just don't even think about my day-to-day -day life from a, a political perspective or from a, 
you know, a GOP perspective or a DNC perspective. I just wanted to be really clear. Like I, I try to zoom out away from all of that because I think it's a sucker's game. And I think you're seeing 2020. If you look at the right avenues, that's getting exposed and, and people are realizing it's a sucker's game. The left and the right have been trading positions of power for decades, and we've basically gone in the same direction. That doesn't smell right if you're, if you're an ideologue. If you're, if you're an ideologist and you, you, know, you hold the values that one political party or another um, ostensibly holds, you should have some very, very pointed and difficult questions to ask them because they are not they're not representing your ideologies like like they say they are or they say they will um so yeah that that's that's just a little piece that i wanted to share to hopefully remove any suspicions of me being politically biased towards one party or another i have in a lot of conversations with with you guys, some of you that, that that I know personally and see on a fairly regular basis, I've defended Donald Trump. Now I have not defended Donald Trump because I I have any uh, inclination towards the idea of him being an effective or successful president. Not at all. I just don't see him as being all that different from some of our. Um, previous presidents, except for in decorum and, and kind of, you know, the window dressing isn't there. He's, he's rough around the edges to say the least, but policy wise, he's, he's not been too dramatically different. Um, I, I'll tell you this. I think he's a fake populist. I think Donald Trump is the populist that you get to say, hey, look, we beat him. We got him out of here. Oh, man, aren't we aren't we so lucky that we avoided totalitarianism or aren't we so lucky that we avoided a despotic regime or a, a dictatorial regime? And I think that's what today is a plays a pretty big part in. I think the narrative close closest to the reality is that um They've got to make, there's an effort to make it look like Trump is really, well, Trump is doing some stupid things, right? If you're looking at it from the wrong way. So let's, let's, um, let's talk about this invasion on the Capitol today. Um, a few days ago, there were protests, or I'm sorry, there was permits for protests filed outside the Capitol building by the organizers that were there. I don't know. Um, I don't think there's an official banner that these guys are flying under like BLM or like three percenters or something like that or proud boys or I don't think they're waving an official flag um, but there was an expectation that there could be up to 30,000 people at this protest so I say that to let you know that there should have been considering that you are counting the electoral college votes which is a fairly um this is not this is totally procedural like there's nothing there's very little that can be done at this point to sway the results in the election. Not nothing, but that not nothing thing is way out there and in the climate, it would just be strategically stupid to push your luck if you're Donald Trump. Um, but nonetheless, he is at, at very, he's at the very least stated that 
he's going to push his luck and and call this an unfair rigged election. And it, you saw that in 2016 too. Everyone was saying everything was rigged. The market was rigged. The economy's rigged. Politics is rigged. You know, so this is not new. Let's let's try to keep somewhat of a memory here, but um, which can be hard when the news cycle is like this. But it just there was enough reason to beef up security, and not even lethal security. Uh, you get a few beanbag rounds, and some tear gas, and just some anti-riot crowd protection units on standby, and this doesn't happen at all. They start messing with the barricade outside their permitted zone where they can be in. Um, you pop a few of them and this is over. This, The fact that these individuals were able to get into the Capitol building is a massive, massive issue. I cannot imagine any set of rules of engagement for the Capitol City Police. Uh, I cannot imagine nobody picking up the phone and calling SWAT or some kind of anti-riot crowd control type unit to respond to this because while not everyone and not even the majority of the folks that did make it into the building were armed, there were people who were armed. And as things stand right now, a woman was shot and, and died. So we have at least one fatality. It looks like she may have been a part of the protests or, or the riots, or whatever. I don't care what you call them. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter because we, we can't, We need to analyze things somewhat soberly with the understanding that there are narratives out there that want us to just call very complicated things something simple. Um, we need to avoid those because you saw the narratives build immediately today in reaction to what happened in D.C. So my first question is how on God's green earth <laughs> did these folks, if they are indeed storming the Capitol, how did the police let this happen? There is footage of the, I saw three or four separate videos. I, I think um, I can't verify this at, at present, but I am almost positive it was from individuals holding their cell phones. I don't think it was like a TV crew. Um, and the, I mean, there were thousands of people there. So there were thousands of, of points of view. Um, if they were all running their phones, I'm sure a good chunk of them were. They were all taking selfies. Not quite like Bolshevik, you know, uh, bloody Sunday type stuff, but whatever. Got to get those Instagram Instagram followers up. Um, but that is that is just too big of a question that I haven't seen a reasonable answer to. So these videos, it showed the cops at, at the doors and at various stages in the Capitol building yelling at the protesters, to get back or to stop. But the whole time they're backing up. They're giving up ground the entire time. They're, they're, they're telling these folks to go away. They're not pulling their firearms. They're not pulling less than lethal uh, resources from their kit to actually have their authority be recognized. Um, they are all equipped radios. So they're in, in communication with some kind of uh, cat at the, the combat operations center or the command center is, you know, should be running the show. And I'm sure he has a phone on his desk and the mayor or the, the, um, the police commissioner in DC can get in touch and say, Hey, what, what on, what is going on here? And why are you guys letting armed individuals into the Capitol building as we confirm the electoral college vote from a presidential election? The optics here, if you, if you were avoiding the rage porn, 
the optics here are just inexplicable from any kind of a standard operating procedure perspective. It, it makes zero sense. I've been trained in this world. I, I haven't done really much crowd control work or, or operating that in that world. But I mean, I this ain't how you do it. <laughs> this is this is how you, this is how you guarantee uh, a lack of security. And I just can't I can't square the circle that there would be any kind of an incentive to to not to not uphold a baseline level of security in a, a federal building, a, one of the most important federal buildings uh, on this day of all days, unless you're trying to create some narrative. And I think today was, I think today you witnessed the creation of culture porn for both, for both major parties in this country. And I haven't talked on the um, the idea of culture porn and in, in a guns and money show yet, but basically, with everyone being plugged into kind of their own media ecosystem, because we can all choose what apps we use and who we follow on those apps, and and we all kind of curate our own content. We we develop these little cultural ecosystems, um, and certain things can break into them and really shape narrative and, and perspective and opinion within those ecosystems. And, and I think what you're seeing today is, is beautiful raw material for culture porn, because here's what you get. Here's what you get. And this is building on things we've already talked about. Um, you get on the, the freedom fighter revolutionary culture porn side side, you, you get, well, finally we've got somebody doing something to keep, the evil Democrats from stealing this election. And you get you get emotion, you get charge, you get you get a lot of a lot of value out of that story. And you get it on the opposite side too, just in a different way. You get I this is proof. This is proof Trump is the would-be dictator. He does want to rule the country with an iron fist and and go Stalin or Mao or, you know, this is this is proof. This makes you your mental terrain is much more receptive to Trump's opponent's policies now because they are now the saviors because they are going to, oh, they're taking power and they're going to put down this insurrection or whatever it is. And I don't know if it'll grow. I, my suspicions are you see more of this. We're not done. Um, and I've been, I've been, I've been too right on this the last year. So I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but like the reason why you guys keep texting me and, and asking me like, what's my take on this and, and a DM or a private message is because you've, you followed some of the stuff I had to say the last year. And I've even on some of my lark calls have turned out to be right. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm plugged into something. And I, like I've, I told a friend, I, I don't know exactly the face of the who or the what behind it. But I'll tell you, there's something else going on and we're seeing it's just getting obvious at this point. So this this wasn't stopped in any respectable way from a security standpoint or a law enforcement standpoint. And, and uh, neither were some of the um, more chaotic and violent uprisings over the summer. I, and this is a little bit touchy because I know some, there's a lot of support for the public unrest that we saw across the United States and in other countries over the summer with respect to 
what looks like a civil rights movement. And I get that. I think that's, I think it's a little bit, I'm sorry, I think it's a little naive, but I, I can at least understand um, where you're coming from. However, the mostly peaceful protests, <laughs> there, was, there was a good bit of burning shit to the ground. Uh, Minneapolis, Kenosha, uh, Seattle. I wouldn't say that that was just about civil rights or just about race. And I wouldn't say that that didn't have an element of culture porn to it either. I think it did. And I think these images are very powerful because they instill fear and they instill rage. They just, they, they emotions go straight to the roof when these things happen. And we all see it basically in real time because we get notifications on Facebook or our phone. Like the word travels quickly and it creates a lot of confusion and a lot of emotion and a lot of just angst. Um, and I've said it before, but that is not an accident. So today, just the left immediately kind of ran with, you know, this is a threat. to the, And this is despicable. I don't want to... I am not apologizing for Donald Trump's um, comments with respect to the election results. He clearly, let's say there was fraud, but you're a halfway decent human being. And you realize that whatever back channels you were going to use to try to secure your second term are not working. At some point, you got to say, okay, I'm taking the loss. I'm going to shake my opponent's hand and I'm going to move on. He is not doing that. Now, the why, the reason why he's not doing that, I know I know if you're if you're kind of left-leaning or if you really don't like Trump, I know the arguments there. Um that's not I don't think that's it. I think that Trump has discovered that he has an opportunity to create multi-generational wealth after he's done being president. I think that what Trump is going to do is sell a media package to his base after he's gone. He is going to create some kind of Trump news network or something like this. And this isn't my original thought. This comes from Pippa Malmgren, who is kind of a geopolitical analyst and strategist. And she's the daughter of someone who's been working in international politics for like 40 years. Um, I can't remember his first name, Dr. Malmgren. But in any event, her thesis is that he's, he's leveraging his popularity, the 70 million votes that he found in 2016 and this past year um, to launch a media brand. And this, this could actually make him like a billionaire on net, not just like a, <laughs> a loan or a debt-based billionaire, but he might actually have some equity in his enterprises uh, if, he's, if he's able to pull that off. And I think that's the game here. He has a very energized, very... Um, bought in group of individuals in this country that I, I think he can sell copy to for a while or videos or you know, whatever it is. Um, and this is his way to, to make that launch on the other side of his presidency as hot as it can be. And I, I don't think there's anything full hearted about it. I don't think that there's anything noble or, admiral about it outside of a very narrow sense of like the game right like 
I can res- I can respect the the player of the individual and not and, and have a completely different call on that individual's you know moral character. Um, just because again, I'm not I'm not waving a color here, folks. I'm really not. I I, I want to see the world as it is for what it is as clearly as possible, and that's not always easy to do. But and then share what I find because I, I want to help illuminate your guys's processes and frameworks as as well. So. Um, I just I, there's there's too much about how today went down that makes me think it was not an organic attempt to take over anything and that it's being spun so quickly and that the narrative. So on the left, you've got the left almost taking this law and order type position because here you've got a guy who wants to go outside the rules to make, you know, ostensibly may retain power and, and maybe foment some kind of an uprising. Um so now after taking the position of like being anti-law and order that Trump was holding the whole time when the protests were going down and, and there were occasional um, bouts of, of riots and where that escalated, not, not everywhere. They were peace, mostly peaceful, but I mean, you know, it's a relative term. Um, by that definition, today's, today's revolution was mostly peaceful. Only one person died. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to, to laugh and make light of that, but again, it's, it's part of my coping mechanism. It's, it's, also ridiculous that it's it's hysterical um so you'll you'll just have to forgive some of my my gut reactions sometimes but um there's just too much i think to benefit from from trump's perspective and from the incoming administration this doesn't give them a legislative win although the the runoffs help but it does give them a an optical it rallies their base it, 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 anyone who voted for Biden, for whatever reason, I know that you guys have more than a one-dimensional calculus for how you approach that. You might be a single-issue voter. You might be uh, more plugged into the social justice side or the environmental side of things. You might you, you have your issues. You have your reasons. You, maybe you're just like, we got to get Trump out. Uh, so I understand there's multiple reasons to, to vote for them. But what it does is I think it gives the incoming administration kind of like some immediate clout. Maybe among people that didn't really want to vote for Biden, that kind of held their nose. But now you see, well, Trump was so bad. I mean, oh my God, thank God we got Biden. And if you're reading my, if you read my inaugural uh, monthly newsletter, that's a lot more focused and, and isn't just me rambling for 40 minutes, you'll know that I don't think Biden, Biden holds the presidency for long. Um, but in any event, it, it does give them it gives them some, them some political cl- capital and some political clout with with folks that are on on their side of the aisle. It also it also create it further feeds a narrative that I saw developing prior to last year that has only grown because of last year. And that's this idea that there is a a white supremacist movement to overthrow the government. I don't think there's a serious one at all. Now, is there an explosion in anti-government sentiment? Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, it's bipartisan. It is race agnostic. It is religion agnostic. The explosion in the liberty movement the past eight years has been enormous and remarkable. It's a threat to the powers that be. So what I think is, I think what you're seeing is, um, 
like the Boogaloo crowd, that there was a big attempt to make them out to be, you know, kind of like nationalists or right, you know, right wing in a fascist sense or or in a, a race supremacy sense. I, I don't think that narrative holds water at all. I, I know some folks that have traded in those circles and it's pretty it's like the BLM protests. It It's a smorgasbord of, of races and ideologies. It's it's um, there. There is a there is a need for a blow off in this country because of some longstanding problems that we I think a lot of us are misdiagnosing and, and, and being or being prodded and nudged into mislabeling. Um, but it doesn't mean that there isn't truth or value in in the movements and the sentiment. I, I really think there is. Um, but today, today was just not legit, folks. It <laughs> That's my take. That's my call. I, I would bet money on that. I'll bet real money on that. Um, we will we'll find out that this was kind of, this will pale in comparison, I think, in, a, in 12 months to some of the other tomfoolery that we see develop. So, so what's going on? Um, my first series of videos, I haven't even gotten to another topic yet, was about the Great Reset. I mean, this is... It's going down. It's happening. We're, we're still in the early stages. And like I said, it's not a guarantee, but you're seeing a roll up or a consolidation of power. We've got economic issues that are so large and imbalances that are that are just unsolvable with respect. They are unsolvable if you also want to keep your current standard of living. It ain't happening. Um, not. No, you just you cannot get there in a real world. Um and that creates the need to to Trojan horse some populations. You need to get them to think you're you're going to do them a favor, and you're really going to whack them over the head with a stick. Um, so we need to consult. Basically, seeing an effort to consolidate power as those close to power are losing their grip. That's why markets. If you were paying attention, equities traded near their all time highs today after the revolution. I'm sorry, stocks don't go up. <laughs> Stock, stocks do not go up when the real revolution is knocking on the door because no one's at the exchange putting trades on. It's it's a much different environment. Um, so I, I just I I I didn't have like a big bring it home thing to to lay at your feet tonight, but I did want to get in front of you to to really put your antennas out because um, and be skeptical and be clear, have a clear set of eyes when you're looking at. At some of the stories as they unfold, uh, we obviously need a little bit more information, but we know we know pretty conclusively that this is not how revolutions go down. Um, and you know, try to try to avoid. I don't. I don't think I am adamant with my positions, unless you can kind of argue me, argue a better position, or show me how I'm wrong. So I, I don't want anything to be misconstrued as like I'm not getting heated online, and and I, I didn't have any fights with anyone, but. There's definitely a huge attempt. You saw it again to get everyone pissed off at each other after today. Um, and I put a little note out on Facebook like, hey, hey, ignore that. Turn it off. Think about stuff instead. Even if it's not related to this, like I obviously, Jamie and I put in a lot of thought to to the events of the day because we've been kind of enjoying peeling back the curtain a little bit on some of this stuff. She just read a book about... Uh, <laughs> about the CIA and Charles Manson. And I, I think that served as a little bit of a wake up call uh, about some of some of our histories. And I am almost through a, a history on Mao, which is just um, 
when you I've I've spent the last five or six years really diving into 20th century history and all of the stories about you know the cities on the hill and just all the great deeds and the wars won. it's just trash it's just not true there's a different game of power being played and the the sooner we get our our hands wrapped around that game the sooner we can starve it of what it needs to continue and then we get our own founding fathers moment and not some some charged up you know chest beating run on the capitol uh, that just really doesn't do anything but to serve Trump financially after he's out of office. It serves the incoming administration. It serves to keep people scared and afraid. What's going to happen next? What's happening to my country? I, the, the, the country I grew up in is unrecognizable to me now. And I, I, I can empathize with that. These are not easy, easy days to go through. Um, but if you can keep your head about you and keep from getting caught up in the um, these big narrative shifts and just all of the commotion and the stress and just the, the, the bad stuff that causes in your head and, and try to look beyond the trees a little bit, we, we still have time to make some moves to, to prepare ourselves to not be totally um, blindsided by the real haymaker you know um we're taking jabs but we haven't been knocked out yet if we can put our guard up from some of the jabs maybe um maybe we can fight back a little bit and not in a i i don't no revolution has turned out well for the revolutionaries a lot of blood gets shed and a a lot of people lose their lives and a lot of families go hungry and then some ambitious actor comes and fills that power vacuum. You don't, you don't change the world through revol- revolution and a big, grand, violent scale. You change the world by changing yourself. And I have found it very helpful to change myself by, I guess, kind of understanding the world that I'm in and maybe that it's, the things that the world tells me to be into and to chase and to strive after aren't actually anything more than dust in the wind. Um, so, you know, my effort, my efforts do, do remain to, to just peel, peel back as much as I can and share with you guys as much as I can. Um, because I think I have an angle that not a lot of folks are, are exposed to very often. Um, and I and I and I, I try to be as agnostic. I want to cast, like I said, a, a big as big a net as I can. To, all I want to do is make people think, um, and consider other positions, and consider that that what we are told is not um, <laughs> is mostly not true if it's coming from a political uh, or an institutional authority. So, um, with that being said, I appreciate you tuning into kind of an impromptu episode. Um, if anything develops beyond what happened today, I'll, I'll try to cover it. I do have two shows in the hopper. One one that I, I kind of gave away the last episode, um, more markets related. And the other one will be a general talk about the omnibus bill that, that was passed into law. And, and maybe why we didn't get more stimulus um, and kind of the the dangerous game I think Congress was playing with, with that, that – 
too too many people on both sides of the aisle politically and voters i mean voters not power players but they they were uh unified on getting gypped <laughs> by the stimulus bill with all this money going to just existing state institutions or foreign foreign players and interests it was it was it was business as usual. It was pork barrel spending and stuffed into an omnibus bill at the end of the year as usual, but against the backdrop of the fastest economic disruption in eighty years. So, when I put that note about not providing the folks in power submission or quarter, this is why they are treating a massive upheaval on multiple levels in multiple dimensions as an opportunity to stuff their pockets on the way out. We are watching the rats loot the patrons of a ship that's sinking and then bailing. And, um, you know, if you're excited about the, the incoming administration, I'm not trying to, this isn't Schadenfreude. I'm not trying to, uh, or not even Schadenfreude. I'm not trying to throw shade on on what you see as a victory i just i don't want to see folks um misplace their trust just because there's some pretty shitty stories about um the last cat in office so at this point i'm just rambling (laughs) so let you get back to your your regularly scheduled activities um as usual if you want to get in touch with the show Guns and Money Twenty at Gmail dot com, or uh, follow me on Twitter at Guns and Money, or throw me a note on Facebook. If you'd like to be added to the distribution list for the Guns and Money newsletter, send me an email, um, Guns and Money Twenty at Gmail dot com. I'm kind of keeping that. I'll, I'll throw it on Facebook every now and then, but I I, I want to keep that a little bit more um, small scale and, and private because there's some actionable stuff in there that I don't just want floating around. So um, hit me up if you'd like to to see more of that or, or chat. And um, if anything strikes your fancy you'd like me to cover on the show, by all means, throw me a note and I'll be be sure to uh, to include it in a future episode. So thanks for your time tonight. I hope you and your families are all uh, relatively safe and well. I hope you're healthy. If you've got COVID, I hope you're fighting it and winning it. If you don't, if you don't have it, I hope you're uh, taking the, the prophylactic and necessary precautions to, to keep keep from getting it. Hope your work is well. Hope everything is just generally going in an okay direction. If it is, turn the news off and take a breather for a day or two. Um, And I will catch you here soon. Take care, guys.